So around 2011, we were conducting village stability operations in Afghanistan. Now remember, this was a mission where Green Berets and other special operations forces and even conventional forces were living by, with, and through indigenous Pashtun villagers inside Afghanistan in some of the most rural villages you've ever seen. And they had been living there for quite some time. They had established themselves as invited guests and in some cases, even members of the community. And this was a deliberate campaign that we had put in place. Wait for the plane to come over here. Perfect. This was a deliberate campaign that we had put in place to establish a foothold in contentious Taliban-dominated areas so that the locals could stand up on their own and fight back and push the Taliban out. Now, if you watched last week's vlog, you know, we talked about working yourself out of a job. Well, for Green Berets, this is the ultimate way to work yourself out of a job, which is basically to build resilient, organic capacity of locals to fight back and stand up on their own. That's what we did. And so that mission was going on, and I think it was around 2011, when there was an unfortunate incident where several Qurans were incinerated at a detention facility. And it set a literal firestorm across the country of Afghanistan. There were riots, uh, there were attacks on fire bases where different uh, members of the coalition forces were living. It was ugly. But what was interesting was wherever all our Green Berets were and our special operators, the locals came in and said, hey, there's some stuff going on. We need you to just lay low. Don't be walking around in the open for a while until this blows over. We'll come tell you when it's safe. This didn't just happen in one village, six villages, but dozens of villages around the country. Now, how is that possible? You know, how is it that, that these, these operators living in the most remote, violent places of the country where they should have been the most at risk for this type of thing, actually not one single person was injured in the special operations community during these riots and these uprisings, whereas quite a few coalition soldiers were. Attacks spiked. It was because they were surrounded on purpose. They were surrounded on purpose. On this episode of Rooftop Rendezvous, that's what we're talking about here is another prim principle of the special forces approach that you can use in life and business, which is getting surrounded on purpose. I do a TEDx talk on this. I did one in Cincinnati. If you wanna Google that, TEDx. Cincinnati surrounded on purpose, but this idea of immersing yourself in your surroundings is a pretty good way to approach leadership, right? And Green Berets understand this fundamentally because we know that if we try to come from the top down, right, that the locals who live in these areas are naturally going to pull back from that. They're not going to view you as relevant. They're going to view you as an outsider and maybe even as a threat. And I think that's true in today's corporate world. I think it's true in small businesses. I think it's even true with parenting, right? If we're not careful, we, it, we establish a trust gap based on gender, rank, age, socioeconomic status, or again, even parent-child. It's just a natural thing. We all form in-groups and out-groups. So if we wanna close the gap in those in-groups and out-groups that naturally form, then we've got to overcome the enemy in this case, which is these flies and this tendency to want to come from the top down and fix things. Because I said so, damn it, we put our hands on our hips, we use coercive power, and we use our authority or our rank 
to get people to take action. And I will tell you, in a trust-depleted timeframe that we live in today, you're just creating social insurgents, right? You're not creating that uh, willing population that wants to stand up and do the right thing because they don't want to let you down. So how do we do this? How do we get surrounded on purpose? Well, what I teach on this, and I still teach this to special ops and law enforcement is, is one, let's get a really clear understanding of what the goals are. What are our goals and what are the other party's goals? So for example, if I'm taken over as a new position as a VP in a company and I wanna build a high performing culture, right? Then the first thing is I gotta get clear on what my goals are and I gotta be able to put those goals out there. But the other thing, and this is where I think a lot of people miss the boat, Wes, is we don't think about what the other party's goals are. We don't think about the goals of our teammates, our associates, our employees. What are their goals? What are their dreams? Right? Some goals may be to actually overcome pain points, right? Things that jam them up every day. But if we don't have a fundamental understanding of our goals and their goals, then we're not in a position to get surrounded on purpose, right? But once we understand that, then we want to start doing our homework before the legwork. So the goals are just the beginning. I want to start to understand everything I can about the people I'm going to immerse myself around. If I'm a law enforcement officer and I wanna get serious about community policing, I wanna do the homework on the influencers in that community. I wanna do a micro history analysis. I wanna know what's happened there. I wanna know who the, who the informal influencers are. I wanna know how uh, most people make their money there, right? Whatever it is, what are the indicators and, and just the, the, the aspects of that organization that make it tick? Who are the influencers? Where are they from? What are they about? right? What are the pre-existing tensions that are in that organization? If it's in a company and I want to take over as the leader there, like what are the in-groups and out-groups that exist right now? Where are the tensions between those groups? Who are the leaders of those groups? And where are the tensions between them, right? You see what I mean? This is homework before the legwork. I want to really understand my organization as best I can before I go in. Why? because that's gonna allow me to make thoughtful, open-ended questions that I can ask in the engagement, which takes me to my third step, meet them where they are, not where you want them to be. This is a principle that I have in my Game Changers book, and I'm telling you, if I can say one thing to business leaders today, it's that. You are operating in a trust-depleted, distracted, disengaged environment. That's just at a baseline. And if you try to throw your hands up on your hips and be coercive in situation after situation as a default, then you're gonna create social insurgents in your organization. So I say, take the extra time to meet people where they are, not where you want them to be, right? So if your teenager is upset, then take a little bit of time to really get where they're at. It doesn't mean you have to concede or you have to compromise or give up on your values, but it costs you nothing to hear someone and really see the pictures in their head, as Stuart Diamond says, and then repeat that back to them so that they know you get them. This is an ongoing process. Like you can do it in the moment like I just described, or you can be very deliberate about it as you walk the floor of your factory and really immerse yourself and meet people where they are. And if you take that mantra in your life as a leader, you'll start to see it show up. You'll start to see people open up to you. You'll start, to, you'll start to see them share things with you about the business, about your goals, about the numbers that you never saw before. 
right? Your, your kid will start to share things with you that happened at school that you never even knew happened. This is the value of meeting people where they are. Now, that, that is the essence of getting surrounded on purpose. That's what I mean by that. We are immersed in the organization and the group that we value. We, we're a part of it. We're not a guest. We're not a pedestrian. We are surrounded on purpose. We are immersed in that. And we do it by getting our goals clear, mine and theirs. We do our homework before the legwork. We really learn about the people, the groups, the leaders that we're gonna be working with and we continue to do so every day. And then we meet people where they are, not where we want them to be. We ask thoughtful, open-ended questions. We connect, we engage. We build trust when risk is low, not high. There's a whole host of things like that that you can learn on these vlogs. But that's the general framework to getting surrounded on purpose. And the big why of that is when you do, that people feel connected to you. And they go to the rooftop with you, not because they have to, because they choose to. If this kind of stuff is resonating with you, I'd love for you to join us at our Rooftop Leadership Live Workshop that we only do it twice a year. And it's out in the woods like this at a beautiful retreat setting in Tampa. This year, it's gonna be at Cedar Kirk. You can go to rooftopleadership.com and find out more. Uh, but the dates are gonna be October 4 through 6, 2019. You're not gonna wanna miss this. It'll sell out. It's a small group of folks, but you'll learn how to meet them where they are how to do the homework before the legwork, all that big stuff that entails getting surrounded on purpose. And the upside is you're going to have an edge in leadership that no one else is going to have. Thanks for what you do. I'll see you on the rooftop.